the Bible Study Podcast, Episode 1. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. Today in the Bible Study Podcast, we'll be studying Luke 15. Luke 15 begins this way. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathered around to hear him, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. At this point, Jesus tells three well-known parables. This parable of the lost coin, the lost sheep, and the lost son, or the prodigal son. But let's look first at the situation that's going on here. Jesus is eating, it says, with tax collectors and sinners. Now, before we talk about what a sinner is, let's talk about what sin is. The word sin in the Old Testament, or sorry, in the New Testament, is literally a term that's borrowed from archery, and it means to miss the mark. Uh, to to fall short of the goal or to not do exactly what is expected. And so sinners in general is all of us, according to Paul's letter to the Romans, uh, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So when this talks about sinners, he's particularly talking about notorious people, people who are notorious for their sin. They are known by the community as people who are not doing the right thing. And Jesus is eating with them. And then he's also eating with tax collectors. And what's the story with tax collectors? Well, we have to remember that this is taking place in Israel, and Israel is at the time occupied by Rome. So somebody who is a tax collector is working for the occupying army. They are a quisling. They are a trader, basically. And they have purchased the right to sell taxes. They basically purchased a franchise for taxes. The tax law is not well written, and they collect as much taxes as they can get away with. And usually they're cheating the people, and they've paid for the opportunity to do so, and they've paid that to the op the occupying power. So they are not very popular, as you can well imagine. And Jesus is eating with them. What's the story with eating with them? Eating with them is implies some sort of community. The Pharisees, and we'll talk about what they are in a second, believe that you should not associate with the people who are notorious sinners, the people who are not following the law that you basically shouldn't be eating with Gentiles, you shouldn't eat with these people. To do so is to welcome them. Um, And so that's part of what's going on here. Now, Pharisees, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. Pharisee is a word you won't find in the Old Testament. Pharisee is a term that came about between the Old and New Testament. And Pharisees are one particular branch of a group of people called the Hasidim, or the pious. And these are a Jewish movement that happens that are anti-Hellenic or anti-Greek that happens when Alexander the Great conquers this whole region and the succeeding kings uh, who rule this empire, who rule uh, Israel, basically try and wipe out the Jewish religion. They try and, and convert the people in this country to follow, to be Hellenic, to follow the, the Greek gods. And one of the groups of people that springs up at this time in response to that is the Pharisees. And so the Pharisees um, start out as a group that are trying to stay true to the law, trying to stay true to the Old Testament, and trying to stay true to the Jewish religion. And what they do is they've seen the destruction of the temple and the rebuilding of the temple, and they're trying to prevent 
the kind of things that happened that caused for Israel to go into exile in the Old Testament. They're trying to make sure that we follow all the rules so that none of those bad things will happen. And so what they do is, if the rule is, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy, they try and figure out what that means. Well, you shouldn't work on the Sabbath. Well, what does work mean? And so they come up with an elaborate series of rules to try and protect that rule of remember the Sabbath, for instance. And so you can't carry more than the weight of two dried figs, and you can't travel further than this many feet. And and all, and the, the rules themselves start to get a little more complicated than originally intended, but the intention is basically a good intention. They're really trying to put a wall around the law and protect it and therefore not violate it. But there's this tension here in Luke 15 because Jesus has come and he's associating with all the wrong people. And you'll find this numerous places in the gospel where Jesus is not doing what the religious leaders expect and he's certainly not doing what the religious leaders want. And so in response to that, Jesus tells three stories. And the first of them is this one. Then Jesus told them this parable, and this is from Luke 15, verses 3 through 7. Suppose one of you had a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Does he not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who do not need to repent. The interesting thing about Jesus, and sometimes I'm afraid the difference between Jesus and the church that claims his name, the Christian church, is that Jesus attracted all sorts of different people, and especially attracted those people who the religious leaders didn't want anything to do with. There was something about the character of him that was welcoming to them. Now, he's clearly calling them to repentance or is saying that he's not saying that they don't need to repent from whatever it is that makes them notorious sinners but he's saying i'm supposed to be here and don't you understand the joy in heaven if somebody one of these people understands and turns around to repent to turn around and change your ways to change your point of view now it would be tempting to at this point to say well yeah jesus is must be preaching fire and brimstone at these at these sinners. And yet, the Bible certainly doesn't paint that picture of Jesus. If Jesus is angry at somebody, if he's speaking harsh words, it's much more likely that he's speaking them at the religious people of his day. It's much more likely that he's speaking angry words at the disciples who follow him, even, than it is that he's speaking words uh, that are harsh to these people who it seems like he might. And so it's something that we should remember as the church that Jesus is associating with people who the religious leaders say he probably shouldn't associate with. Doesn't he know who they are? Doesn't he know what they've done? Is kind of what they seem to be thinking. And he's associating with them in a way where they feel welcome. He is welcoming them. He is eating with them. He is treating them as friends. And apparently the religious leaders didn't get this yet, so he tells them a second story. And the second story is very much like the first story, which basically seems to imply that they still didn't get it. So he tells them this story from Luke 15, verses 8 through 10. 
Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Does she not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels over one sinner who repents. The other thing that Jesus is saying about these people that he is with who they don't think he ought to be associated with is that God cares for them. God cares what happens to them. Why don't you care what happens to them is basically the kind of the message. Don't you get it? The reason I am here is that God cares about these people. And we'll see that in more detail next week when we talk about the parable of the lost son or the prodigal son. More information about the Bible Study Podcast can be found at thebiblestudypodcast.com. Get this podcast and more great ones like it on the High Performance Podcast Delivery Network from Podshow and Limelight Networks. I love it. Hello, my name is Adam Comer. And I'm Ryan Chittister. And we're the host of Life After Addiction Podcast. If you or someone you love struggles with addiction, check us out, Life After Addiction Podcast, and you can subscribe at lifeaudio.com.